Hey, this is Caleb Clay, Associate Pastor of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta, Georgia. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We believe that it will minister to you and be a blessing to your life. Now get ready to receive a word from God. John chapter 15, we've been talking along the lines of the Word of God and the value for the Word of God, and, and, and really the value for the Word of God that we have is really displayed not in how much we hear it, but in how much we do it, how much it's applied and put into practice in our lives. And, you know, we saw in the first week that hearing the Word of God obviously is a great step. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Um, we've got to hear the Word. The Bible says we've got to be hearers, not just, we've got to be doers, but not just hearers only. But you can't be a doer until you're a hearer. Amen? You got to get the word in front of you. And, um, you know, the first step uh, for most believers when they come into the kingdom of God, and, you know, if you've ever witnessed to someone um, or ever, you know, had someone take that first initial step out of darkness into light, probably one of the first things you gave them or one of the first things they asked for was a Bible. It's just automatic that if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you need this. But if you need this to come in, you need this to get through. Amen. I said, if you need it to come in, you need it to get through. And sometimes baby, brand new, born again Christians have a greater value than some of us that have been around it for so long. So we're discovering that there's a tension. There's a tension between familiarity and discipline. Familiarity, and I don't, want ever be, I don't ever want to become to a point like the Bible said that my ears grow dull to the hearing of the word. The writer of Hebrews said, we need to teach you the elementary principles all over again because you've grown dull in your hearing. Why? Because I've heard it so much. I've been down this road before. This has become, uh, you know, just commonplace. And when the Bible becomes commonplace, it will no longer produce the results that we expect it to. It will not. It's not the word alone that produces the results. It's the placement and the practice of it that produces the results. And so, you know, we saw that there was a man that built his house on the sand. There was a man that built his house on the rock. Both of those men went to, the, went to church. Both of those men heard the word of God. And both of them uh, starts out saying, uh, when, 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 when a person hears the word uh, and does the word, he can be likened to a man that builds on the rock. But when a person hears the word and does not do it, he can be likened to a man. The common denominator between both was they heard. They sat in services just like this and, 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 and they had opportunities where the word was presented to them. And, and it's, it's what you do with it that determines the results that they get. We went over to Matthew chapter 13 and saw the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, we saw four different accounts. All four accounts were uh, preceded by when you hear the word. The seed that fell on good ground was someone that heard the word and understood it, put it into practice, and it became fruitful and multiplied. But the person, uh, the, the seed that was sown on bad ground, on the wayside, heard the word. The, the seed that was choked out heard the word. The seed that didn't take you know, good root down into the soil heard the word. Common denominator between all uh, 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 examples given. So it's not the hearing alone of the word. And now we live in a day and age where uh, we are so uh, accessible to the word. 
We live in a country that, thank God for the blessings that we have, the religious privileges that we have. You got churches on every corner. You got radio stations, every other station. You got, you got Christian TV. You've got, uh, you know, you can grab it on the internet. You can get to a Christian bookstore. You know, Christian bookstores in a lot of countries is an anomaly. They can't even own or carry a Bible. They're persecuted by it, and even their government uh, has control over that. But we're, we're seeing that we've got an, a phenomenal opportunity to access the Word and have it available to us, but is that a blessing or a curse? Is the access to the Word and all the conferences we can run to and all the things we can access in our day and age, is it helping us or hurting us? So we want to keep some, some things in play. We want to keep a foundation of the word uh, in, in, in play that no matter the method of how we grab it, we, we still keep to the message of the word of God. So John chapter 15, verse 1 says, I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. These words are in red if you have one of those Bibles. And in red, uh, writings in red is Jesus speaking. And so Jesus himself is speaking, and I didn't put this verse in there for, for John, but you guys know John chapter 1, verse 1 says that uh, he was the Word, that the Word became flesh, right? In the beginning was the Word, was, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You skip on down to verse 14, John 1, 14, and the Word became flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us. So when we're talking here in this passage, when Jesus is speaking and he's saying, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser, he's saying the word is the vine and my father is the vine dresser. So you can, you can put in place the word. Every branch in me, or you could say every branch in the word that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Notice he indicates right here, first off, that you can be in the word but not produce fruit. He doesn't say every branch that's not a part of me. No, he says every branch in me, connected to me, but that does not produce fruit. And sometimes we have this confusion or this idea, this generality, that as long as I'm around it, as long as it's, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm listening to it or, you know, I, I do my little sampling or, you know, as long as I go to church that I'm in the word or the word is in me. But, but that's not always the case. And therefore, just because we're around it does not mean we automatically produce fruit. There must be some further steps that we need to look at. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So notice, what is, what is God really after? Is God after fruit? Well, sure, but he's not just after fruit. He's after more fruit. Well, how much does God want? More? More? What am I producing today? He wants more than what I'm producing today. He's not greedy. He's not just saying, you know, I'm just not satisfied. He just knows what's inside of you. He knows what's in you. So he doesn't settle. God's not going to settle for less than what he knows he puts in you. You know, if, 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 if you put... Uh, if you have a friend uh, that comes to you and says, man, uh, you know, I, I need help, uh, you know, taking care of my, my car payment this month. Well, how much is your car payment? It's $300. Okay, um, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write you a check for $300. So you give them a check for $300 for the whole amount. And they come back a week later and say, hey, man, uh, you know, I, I, you know you able to help me out with the car payment? 
Well, I, I, it was $300, right? I wrote you a check for $300. Yeah, I, I just used 200 of it. Okay, well, there's, the rest is there, uh, you know. But, but, but see, if you, I know what's in that check. I know what I wrote that check for. I know I put the full amount. And until you access the full amount, you can't come to me asking for more. But a lot of times we do that. We, we're asking God for more, and he's saying, I'm still asking for more from you. There's, there's more that I know I put in you. See, I, the, the tree doesn't tell the seed what's there. The seed knows what's inside. The seed, the father is the vine dresser. Therefore, he knows the potential, right? That's what a seed is. A seed is potential. One person can see a seed in their hand and another person can see a tree in their hand. Looking at the same thing on the outside, but I know what's on the inside. And so the word of God and being in the word of God and valuing the word of God helps us produce to our full capacity. Helps us produce to our full capacity. You didn't know you could walk in love until you got into the word and found out what your full capacity was. You didn't know that you could honor God with your finances until you got into the word of God and realized what my full potential, what my full capacity was to honor God financially. You didn't know uh, that you could have healing in your body, your complete mortal body, until you got in the Word, and the Word reveals the full total capacity and potential of healing. And so the Word of God allows us to bring to full fruition the seed that has been placed within us. And so what does he say? He can look at, uh, for example, Pastor Chris, and Pastor Chris not producing any fruit. He is fruitless. Nothing, just garbage. Just cut it off, chop it off, get it out. But now we got Kyle over here and he's producing fruit. He's doing great. He's, he's doing awesome, man. The, the fruit of the spirit is evident in his life, walking in love and joy and peace and honoring God with his finances. And then he comes to this branch here and he says, we can do more. So let me cut on you a little bit. Let me challenge you a little bit. Let's, let's access some things that we haven't seen yet. Why? Because there's more fruit. I thought I was doing good. You're doing great but you can do better. We can do better. We can do more. So he says that he goes to the branch that doesn't produce fruit. He takes it away. We saw that in another example in a parable where, uh, you know, there was a master of a vineyard and he comes to the owner of the vineyard, the manager of the vineyard, not the owner, but the manager, the guy that's actually stewarding it, taking care of it. Hey, this tree hasn't been producing uh, anything for the last three years. Cut it up, get it out of here. And obviously the manager stepped in and say, whoa, whoa, give me one more year. Let me do some things. Let me fertilize. Let me take care of some stuff. And then if it's not producing, we'll get it out. But ultimately, the master is not interested in keeping things around that aren't producing. There becomes a level of development where production becomes the expectation. I said there becomes a level of development where production becomes the expectation. When you take a seed and you put it in the ground, you're not expecting a whole lot out of it. It's a seed. Really, with a seed, it's doing more taking in than giving out. It's taking in nutrients. It's taking in the soil and its environment. It's taking in. And so it's got to be in a place, the seed, where it's conducive for its growth. If we're not in good soil, if we're not getting enough sunlight, not getting enough water, not getting enough nutrients, the seed dies. The seed produces nothing. 
So we recognize that, you know, there is a season of our lives when we first come into the kingdom that, that God's saying, whoa, before you start trying to give all this stuff away, you got to take in. You got to receive my glory. You got to learn who you are in Christ. You got to develop your spirit man on the inside because your flesh is still a little stronger than your spirit. And you got to overcome that. You got to conquer that. Whichever one you feed more gets stronger. But then there becomes a level and a season in our development where production is the expectation. And this is where the word of God comes into play. This is where the word of God comes into play because the word helps me produce what's already in me. The word helps me produce you see, you've got all the ingredients within you. See, when you come into the kingdom, it says the old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. All things become new. Well, how come I'm still cussing a little bit? And how come I'm still, you know, having those thoughts? And how come, you know, I'm still a little greedy? And how come I still have a little bit of the world's patterns and attitudes and habits within me? Well, it's because you got to feed what's in you. It's still in seed form. Nobody goes to a seed and says, where's my fruit? You don't pick fruit off of seeds. You pick fruit off of trees that have endured and gone through a process, okay? So now we get to this point where the production is the expectation. And in verse three, he says, you are already clean because of the word, because of the word, because of the word. When you receive the word, it makes you clean immediately. But now there's a production. There's a process to the production. You're already clean because of the word, which I have spoken to you. Now look what he says, abide in me and I in you. The, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in, v, in me. Now, this word abide is actually countercultural in 2018 because we don't really abide with anything anymore. Abide means to remain. Abide means to live in. And, and I see a generation today, and I'm not just talking age-wise. I'm not just talking about millennials now. I'm talking about a generation today that, number one, we don't stay in one place very long. And I'm not talking geographically. I'm talking, you know, jobs, family situations, churches. We, we uproot very quickly in 2018. And nothing gets processed properly in the initial stages. Nothing. The second thing uh, that is dangerous to our culture today is we can't endure a challenge. The first challenge, the first mistake, the, the, the first little conflict, and, and we, we back off rather than pressing through and rather than enduring and rather than staying in. And so he says, abide in me. And so the opposite of abide means to visit. So let's swap that out. Visit me and I visit you. Well, that doesn't work. There's not much that can be done in a visitation. And we want, we want, we want to give Jesus, vegetation rights, weekends. <laughs> it's hitting somebody right now. He gets Sunday. Jesus, I'll visit you on Sunday, but the abiding in, 
picking this thing up between Sundays. Come on now. Highlighting it between Sundays. Underlining it. You know, I, I remember, I, haven't, I didn't always have a zeal and passion for the word of God, but I remember in high school, I, I had this season where I just had a passion for the word. And I still have that Bible and it's, you know, about to fall apart. But Sundays became a starting point for me. And, 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 and it was by the Holy Spirit. It's not a natural thing. You don't have a natural uh, engagement with the word like that. But, but in that season, I remember, it was my junior and senior year. And, and I remember that, that I would hear the message and be taking notes. And, and, and I had my highlighter with me in service and underlining things and starring things. And, and there'd be times that the pastor would keep on ministering, keep on going. And I'm down there just, I kept on reading. And then they'd end the service and I'd get home and I'd open my Bible back up. I remember a couple of years ago, I was in a service with Pastor Earl uh, down in St. Augustine. And I was up till four o'clock in the morning after the service. It was a night service. I was up till four o'clock in the morning, still going over the same stuff. Now I'm not bragging on me. I, don't, I, I hate to read first off. That's not my thing. But when you have a hunger and a passion for the word, Sundays and Wednesdays just won't do. It just won't cut it. It's just not gonna get the job done. You've got to get in it deeper and you're digging and you're searching and you're, you're in your room and you've got worship music on, you've got notepads out and you've got highlighters, you've got every color you can think of and, and, and you've got the pens and you've got the, the, all, the, the, the Bibles in front of you and you've got your tablets out or your phones out looking it up in different translations. That is a hunger and a zeal and a passion for the word to where Sunday is just, that's just getting me started. You're just giving me a vein to go in. Now, I'll be honest with you, on the other side, as a pastor, I run the greatest risk of every single person in this room, maybe save uh, Pastor Chris and Terry. For those of us that study the word a lot of times for sermon prep, we run the greatest risk of not having a personal time of devotion in the word of God. And one thing I've, that I've had to work on, you know, ministering, you know, nearly 104 times a year, uh, and, and sometimes more than that, is, is recognizing that I still have to have a value and a separation time for just me. Because I can either be a well or I can be a water hose. It's just going in me to go through me. But I want to store up. I want to be a storehouse of the word of God for me that now what you guys get is my overflow. You get the extra stuff. Amen? I run the greatest risk of anybody in here of treating this as commonplace or, or treating this as an assignment or treating this as a career or treating this as, well, I gotta get something for the people. No, 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 I've got to make sure on top of what I do for you guys, I've gotta have my personal devotion in the word of God personal devotion. So he says, abide in me and I in you. And I'm just going to tell you, we talked a little bit about it on, on Sunday, that there's just a lot of things in our culture, in our day and age today that will combat that. 
will combat the opportunity to simply abide. And you just have to be absolutely intentional that nothing compromises my time in the word. Facebook doesn't, sports doesn't, friends don't. Guys, not even family. I hear a lot of people say, you know, uh, even in ministry, you know, it's, it's God first, family second, and church third. Well, how about God be a part of all of it, all the way through? But I, I can tell you right now, God did not call me into ministry and to compromise my family. But he also didn't call me into family as a husband and a father to compromise ministry. God expects yeah, they both to operate and they both to thrive. And if you really even get into the word of God and you discover the level of sacrifice that Jesus was uh, uh, expecting from his people, he said you would leave father, leave mother. He actually used the word, if you don't hate your father or mother. Now he wasn't talking about hating, he's talking about prioritizing them. And this is the thing, what you prioritize, you won't compromise. What you prioritize, you will never compromise. If you prioritize uh, uh, game day, Saturday, college football, it won't get compromised. No matter what someone asks you to do, no matter what's going on. I've heard of people in the South uh, moving their wedding date because it was the Georgia-Florida game. There we go. Found one. <laughs> right? It's not getting compromised, not even marrying you. There's plenty of other Saturdays. There's, a, there's 105, you know, what, what, 54 more Saturdays in the year. Pick one of those. I'm serious. I remember uh, Pastor Caleb's older brother, Josh and, and Danny Clay, when they got married, they got married on the Georgia-Florida game. And Pastor Earl is a major Gator fan. I don't know what they were thinking. You know, they're not from the South. Well, she's from the South. She's from Gainesville, actually. Uh, uh, Josh is from Oklahoma, and, you know, he doesn't really care much about sports. And so I remember, you know, as soon as the wedding was, I was in the party. As soon as the wedding was over, Pastor Earl's like, you got the score? You got anybody? You got... Nope. And I remember the reception, everyone, you know, most people were out dancing and there was a little room in the side off, off to the thing and there's a little TV in there and there's all these guys crowded around the TV. <laughs> oh, hey man, I'm, you know, congratulations, glad you're getting married. Have you seen the game? Gotta go watch the game, see you man. You know, coming out, grabbing some food and cake and heading back into the room to watch. It was, it was great. It was awesome. Because what you prioritize will not get compromised. It doesn't. So when we, when we value the word and we prioritize the word and we say, I've got to abide, not just visit, man, now there's, it doesn't get compromised. The alarm clock can't compromise it. Friends can't compromise it. Work can't compromise it. So we gotta have a value. He's talking about abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. He's saying, you think you're gonna produce that fruit by yourself? You think you're gonna be able to develop uh, the ability to, to, to produce fruit of the spirit on your own? No, you gotta do it in me. He, and this is the thing, this is, this is the freeing thing. He's not looking at you and saying, why can't you get it together? He's saying, get, it, get with me. Spend time with me. Abide in my word. That's my resource that I've given you. 
See, God does not expect you to do it on your own. But again, just like I said on Sunday, so many times when, when we deal with people, uh, you know, deal with issues, not deal with people, when we deal with the issues that people have, when we're confronting those issues, one of the first questions that we ask, that we have to ask, is what is your level of devotion to the word of God? And what is your prayer time, your prayer life look like? If there's a deficiency in those two areas, we're mediocre at best. We're surviving, not thriving. I mean, what we talked about on Sunday and, and overcoming the anxiety issue, that, that I understand that, you know, there are godly counselors out there and there is time where you need to break away from the, 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 the struggles of life and the day-to-day and you need to get away. And there's, there's, there's time for these things. But I'm, what I'm saying is don't do those at the expense of the word and prayer. And a lot of people will go see a counselor and pay them so much money because they'd rather do that than pray. That's just the honest truth. And so we've got to have value for our prayer life, value for abiding in the word. If you're not producing fruit, guess where we look? The root. I mean, you, you don't go, you don't go to, to an apple tree that's not producing and, and change something on the outside. You got to go down, you got to dig deep. You got to find out there's something underneath all this stuff that we see on the outside that's causing the stuff we see on the outside. So God wants us to get rooted. Abide in me and I in you. He says, I am the vine, verse five. You are the branches. So he who abides in me and I in him. Does he abide with you? He says he bears much fruit. You know what? When, when a tree bears much fruit, like I was talking with Lisa yesterday or, or Monday, um, asking about how her and Brent were doing with the, with the pecans and harvesting. They're, they're in the middle of harvesting all that stuff. And they, he, it was so awesome to hear because the last two years, they've just gotten slammed with these storms. And it was just so great to hear. Yeah, they're just so busy because they just keep finding more pecans. There's just more seeds on the ground. And I'm just rejoicing with them. I would, they would rather have the labor of picking up more than the labor of cutting out trees that are dead and not producing. But what is interesting is when a tree bears much fruit, you don't have to guess what it is. It's, a, it's such a strong physical indicator. When you bear much fruit, so he's not talking about living on the line, a little, little apple pop out here and there. He's saying you got so much fruit. It's obvious who you are, and it's obvious whose you are. That takes away the closet Christianity, and it takes away the, you know, don't want anybody to know unless they ask stuff. And it's like, you know, the fruit is evident. The fr when there's much fruit, you see it from a far away. You don't have to get up close to find out you're a Christian. You can tell from far away that's a believer. They're close with God. They abide in him. So what this verse is telling us is that God wants us to be visible and evident to the world that we are abiding in him. I mean, it's one thing to know you have a strong relationship, but do others? 
Because you get around other people and God flows through you because you're so strongly connected and so strongly and so closely abiding in him that they can't help but notice there's something different about you. And you know what? Trees that that have health and that have growth, they stick out in fields of deadness, of death. And you walk into places every day where there's dead trees barely even sticking around. And here comes a tree with life on it, a tree with green on it, and a tree with fruit. And now all of them can come pick off your fruit because the fruit's not for you. The fruit's never for the tree. The fruit's not for the tree. It's not for you. Look at me. Look at all the fruit I have. Look at how good of a Christian. No, no, no. It's so you can be a blessing and an influence to others. So he says, if you abide, you'll bear much Fruit. And then look what he says. Without me, you can do nothing. He's not cutting us down there. He's saying, I'm with you. I'm here. Because if without him, I can do nothing with him, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Now look what he says. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Notice that abiding in him and having this value and this consistency in our development and consistency in abiding with Jesus and being in his word will also increase the results in our prayer life. It'll increase. You, you know you would pray more if you got more results. Right? And so now he's saying, you'll ask, you'll pray, and it'll be done for you because you were abiding. So many times we come to God once a quarter with the problem There's no abiding, there's no consistency, there's no remaining in. But now when we need something, guess who we call? That rich uncle that we never talked to, but now I'm in a bind and I need help and I know you have the capacity to help me. But he's saying, no, 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 I'll be more more available to help you when you're abiding with me. And really what you'll find out is a lot of our issues would be handled proactively rather than reactively. Just by abiding with him. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Now look what he says. Closing all that out. So you will be my disciples. That's why we give Bibles to brand new Christians. Because we know. See, if, if we were okay just making them converts, we wouldn't need to give them a Bible. I mean, they did the most important part, right? They got in the kingdom. They prayed the prayer. No, we give them a Bible because we know converts ought to become Christians. We give them Bibles because we know that it's not just good enough to come in, but you gotta become You got to become. Now, you don't have to behave to become, but when you become, you learn how to behave. 
okay? So we don't leave you where you're at. We don't, we don't have a bunch of babies in a hospital and we leave them there. We, we take them home and we grow them up and we develop them. We challenge them. Did you know you challenge your kids? I know that you challenge your kids because they run around this whole place. They'd be crawling everywhere if you didn't challenge them. They'd be, you know, grabbing things with their hands and trying to stuff it in their face and putting, I mean, they would act like baby Isaac all the time. When an eight-year-old acts like a, a one-year-old, you got a problem. So it's that, it's that challenging that helps us grow, helps us develop, and that all comes by abiding in him. And a lot of people, they, they abide in the word until it challenges them. Like, I, I'm, I'm the best preacher on the planet when I'm given an encouraging word, but then when I have to bring something that challenge, when I preach that message, right? Everybody's got that message. When I preach that message, I'm not so popular anymore. Word's not so great anymore. But no, we've got to receive all of it. We've got to receive the, the, the challenging along with the encouraging. And it's really all encouraging. When my sin is revealed or, or an issue in my life is revealed, it's encouraging to me to know I don't have to stay there and he's given me a way out. That's encouraging. And sure, it may, have, may you know, require me to respond a certain way and even do a certain thing and, and uncover things that I haven't wanted to deal with in a long time. But you know what? When I do, I only become better. God never introduces anything into your life for negative, only for positive. Anything that God brings into your life will always benefit you, increase you, not decrease you, regardless of what it feels like. And so he says, you got to remain in me. Where you remain is where you receive. Where you remain is where you receive. Why is this devotion time so important? Why is this value for God's word so important? Why is taking this time and separating and, 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 and abiding in and not just visiting or not just casually coming to or not even just going to it when I need it, when I end up in a problem? Why is it so important? Because I only become a product of what I put in me. So if you don't like what you're seeing, Take a look at where you're remaining. Take a look at where you're abiding. Because if you'll abide in his word, you'll produce his word. But look, we abide in so much. That, that's really what I was addressing on Sunday. You know, even with the anxiety issue is, is people abide in places that breed anxiety. They're suffocating themselves. They're surrounding themselves with people that are just as anxious as they are. Or they're surrounding themselves with news, surrounding themselves with media, uh, surrounding themselves with the lifestyle of comparison, trying to become a fake someone else, a false reality. And, and many times, if we'll uproot out of that and remain in the Word, but, but and this is what I was saying on Sunday too, is, is it's the same effort just in another direction. You know how I know you can be devoted to the word? Because you can be devoted to Facebook. The abide in me and I abide in you principle works on any account. Doesn't just work on the word. If you abide in the doctor's report when they give you that negative, if you abide in that, guess what you're going to produce? 
It's the same effort. It's, I'm, 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 I'm the same energy and the same effort and the same thought and the same care and the same attention that I give to all that garbage. If I reverse that and use that on the word of God, I would produce a different harvest. So let's not be confused that by being in him, means that I'm producing him. Being around him. No, he says, abide. The branch can be connected and still not produce. But he says, those that abide, those that remain, those that allow the challenging and, and the pruning of the word of God, they won't just produce fruit, they'll produce more fruit. We're always capable of more. You know you can never max out your, your potential. You can never max out your capacity. That's one thing that God has never said to someone, there's nothing more I can do for you. I've done it all. You, you've, you've reached your max limit. No, there's always more. There's always more. So we've got to abide. Abide in me and I in you. Father, tonight, we set ourselves to abide in you. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's message. If there is any message that you have missed or you just want to hear again, they are all available for free on iTunes. Just search Anchor Faith Church Valdosta and be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified once the new messages are available. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our church and what we have available for you and your family, or if you'd like to donate financially to the ministry, be sure to visit our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.